A word from our sponsor, Von Seger Designs is a small Nebraska custom woodworking business making hand-burned customized wood pieces to be a statement in any room. Working with clients every step of the way, from hand-selecting the wood to customizing the design Von Segrin Designs, makes the process as smooth as possible. Specializing in items from themed bar carts and tables to cutting boards and signs so that you can show your team pride all year round. Show your Husker support in a unique and functional way. When you work with Von Segrin Designs, you support small businesses throughout the region. Allow Von Segrin Design to create a custom, fresh, hand-burned piece wood for your home or business. You can link up with them at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-D-N-E-S-I-1 and at V-O-N-S-E-G-G-E-R-N underscore designs. So check them out on Facebook and Twitter and uh, Instagram as well. Uh, go Big Red, and uh, let's start the podcast. to throw down toward the goal line going up ball tipped in the air touchdown Jordan Westerkamp Nebraska wins the game on the final play of the contest oh baby Austin far side back to throw is Martinez now being chased throws it out a flat Burkhead makes a catch sets a tackle 25-20 15-10-5 Rex Burkhead touchdown Nebraska going on members of the corn gregation thanks for joining us tonight uh zach here joined by our giant very tall buddy drake what's up drake how are you i'm good man baseball's going good my giants are on a three-game win streak uh you know just enjoying enjoying the ride because they've been pretty bad this year but looking <laughs> forward to tonight you gotta how, take it when you weekend? can get it right yeah how's your weekend you know, my weekend is okay. Uh, got a lot of stuff going on, but, um, you know, uh, for the most part, it's been pretty good. Uh, a lot of stuff going on in the, in, in Nebraska's world, it looks like just with recruiting and all that and staying busy there. So, um, yeah, I, I do have one question, you know, before we get into Minnesota talk tonight. Um, did you see Lenhart's leaning even heavier now toward Nebraska? Uh, I did not. I missed that. He is up to almost an 80% lean. And I believe another reporter gave him a crystal ball to Nebraska. So it's, um, it's, it's pretty interesting with his recruitment. It seemed like it just really slanted hard from Michigan state to Nebraska, which he's a, he's going to be a hell of a kid. When we had our conversation with uh, Brian Munson last yesterday on uh 1620, yeah. uh, you know, cause we're on there from eight to 10 every Saturday. Um, he is one of the Shameless guys that plug. we've discussed. Yeah. Hey, you know what? That's, that's what we're here for. Um, had the conversation with him about, um, Cameron Lenthart and how he just kind of seemed to come out of nowhere. And, you know, Munson felt really 
um, confident about him coming here. So um, I think he's going to be a huge gift for this class. Uh, yeah. I, I said, I think they're going to be top. Well, so they got five guys out there right now that mm-hmm. they're still crystal ball that they get all five of those guys, which heard is a top, ta- a top tackle. Uh, you've got Coleman, who's a top athlete, uh, Ryan Robbins, who's a three star. Um, and then there's, two more i believe uh junior sia i think his name is the tackle or guard from uh utah and then there's one more you think kind of think that's a top 18 class at that point right i know yeah, it's a big I jump mean, but it's 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 at least top 20 I, they're 26 right now for reference they're 26 now yep and they'd be they'd be getting some big fish yeah I, I'd say you're looking top 15 at that point. I don't know if you cracked the top 10 yet. Yeah, top um, 10 I think is out of the question, but top 15, top 18, I think you could close out strong. And it's, I mean, the class seemed to – or the, the coaching staff seems to be hitting on all cylinders right now as far as recruiting goes. Right, right. It's, it, I mean, it's, it's really damn impressive um, that they're able to do what they're doing. Um, it, you know, and while we're talking about that – and dumb questions that don't have anything to do with minnesota um someone asked this question earlier today on uh the old tweeter and i figured it'd be a great question for us both to answer so who is your and i'm gonna look who it was that sent it up so i can give them a shameless plug as well uh nebraska dad bod that's who it was um his question was call your shot right now who's your qb1 your qb2 and your qb3 for this year um yeah i'm gonna go casey thompson one and then i'm gonna say logan smothers at two and chubba purdy at three if you don't mind me asking what's your reasoning for having smothers your second guy and purdy as your third guy um i for one, you cut me off. You didn't let me get a finish. Uh, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, continue. No, you're good. You're good. Because uh, I was going to kind of answer that. I was just going to say, I see a world where that two, three flip flops weekly, okay. uh, both on the depth chart, but within the game plan. Um, I think I'm giving this the nod to Smothers just from what I was able to see. And what I know of him uh, now, Purdy has more more actual games at the college level under his belt, but he hasn't been healthy either, which is worries me going into the spring. But you know, so is Casey Thompson. So I I guess my my biggest reasoning is I know what I'm going to get with Smothers game one. I don't know what I'm going to get from Chuba game one. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, when you put it like that, you've seen what Smothers can do. I mean, we watched it against Iowa last year. He was pretty damn impressive. Um, Chubba has been injured quite a bit, even when he got to Nebraska, was injured. I think he had plantar fasciitis in his foot, if I remember hearing correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's interesting. I mean, usually you hear guys having surgery on that, but he, he didn't, I don't believe. So um, it's, it's interesting. But, I you know, I'm going to go, I think Purdy takes number one. Um, I've been pretty vocal on that. Um, I think Thompson's your two, and I think Smothers is your three. 
Um, I, I know I said Smothers was going to be the guy. Um, I do think he's going to fight his ass off to get that spot. Um, from what I've heard, when he's as as he's been working with Whipple, he's really, really improved his throwing motion, and he looks like a completely different guy um, as far as quarterback goes. So really impressive what it sounds like Whipple's done with him so far. Mm-hmm. Now, will that mean anything? Who the hell knows? It's it's that's what we're all waiting for for summer camp. But um, yeah, it, it, I think it'll be an interesting race. It, it'll be the best quarterback race since what I think oh seven or so oh nine maybe. Yeah, it's, um, it's been a while. Yeah, and you know I'm actually excited because I don't for the first time in a while I don't think that we're just going to watch the same guy go out there and struggle and struggle and struggle. Um, they might get sat down for a series. They might get sat down for a quarter and come back. Who knows? Um, I, they're all going to get their shot. And it's, it seems like it's the first time in a long time you get to say that. Yeah, and, and that it's actually going to be a fair competition. Yeah, it's, I, I don't want to say that it's been a rigged competition, but I don't think we've had an actual competition in a while here. So um, it'll be interesting to really see what kind of comes of that. So. Should we yeah. uh, should we talk about the reason that we're here tonight? The old. Uh, we gonna row the boat tonight. We are going to row the boat somewhere, and it'll be an interesting conversation. Considering, I don't think either one of us, and I know this is gonna be a shock to people, are fans of PJ Fleck. Oh man, did his, did his wife approve of whatever he's got going on? With his new faith, uh, that that's that's a great question. Um, I, Did he I, talk to Nicholas Cage about the movie Face Off? What what's going on? I, he he must not have because uh, he did not get, he did not get good advice. Uh, I thought his eyebrows went away, but now his just face got a lot tighter. So he he makes me uncomfortable to look at. It's it's like a creepy clown. Yeah. It's almost like Mr. Clean, if Mr. Clean was real. <laughs> and it makes me uncomfortable. Um, all right, Minnesota fans, we'll stop shitting on him for a little bit. Um, they went 9-4 and four last year. Yeah. Um, beat Wisconsin. And, I mean, did work on West Virginia in the bowl game. That's pretty damn impressive for Minnesota to have beaten their biggest rival and have won nine games last year, right? Yeah. I I can no longer look down on Minnesota as kind of that little brother program in the Big Ten. Um, and I know for a long time, I didn't consider Minnesota a contender. Just didn't. it Because it, traditionally, they're not. But yeah. Fleck has really flipped that culture up there. And it's it's been interesting what he's done in a really short amount of time, five years. Mm-hmm. So with that, um, you know, on the staff, there's been some turnover from last year to this year. Um, had a coach, Sanford Jr., the the OC, had him for two years. You know, hired him in 2020. Had him for two years. He was pretty highly regarded. Fired him after the bowl game, and they brought in brought back uh, Kirk Sriracha. Sriracha. Mm-hmm. I can't. I you know I butchered his fucking name yesterday too. So um, I'm gonna say he, Sriracha because it sounds funnier. Yeah, I man, I like Sriracha, so it, it works perfect. Um, he was the OC back in 19 when they had their 
their offensive explosion. Yep. At, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the stats right now. So they finished fourth in the Big Ten in yards per game. They averaged 34.1 points per game, ran for over 200 yards a game, threw for two, uh, 250, 53 a game. And this is back in 19, right? Yep. So, okay. yeah. Um, and keep in mind now they had, they had, in my opinion, far more talent in the wide receiver room, but they had a young Tanner Morgan. So now you're in year five of Tanner Morgan, same OC that, that let him put up some pretty good numbers. You got a potential Heisman candidate at running back. Definite NFL draft pick if he's healthy. It, it could, uh, and then you have Autumn Bell. David Autumn Bell is back, I believe, as well. So that offense has the potential to be explosive if they're not throwing less than everybody besides the service academies. They have the ability to make some plays happen with, with their offense. Well, yeah, and, and it's not like they are uh, devoid of talent at the wide receiver position or tight end position. They've got very talented guys out yeah. there. Um, what's your, before we move on any further, you brought up, you know, Morgan, and I think we've all got our different opinions on him. What's your opinion on Morgan? Like, where do you think he is in the Big Ten? Do you think he's a top-tier quarterback, middle-of-the-pack guy? What? what um, where do you think he's sitting? So, I... I'm going to say he's kind of in what I am now going to call the Adrian Martinez paradox, where early on in his career, he lit it up and he's never really progressed from there. So, I mean, that one year, I would have said he was a top, top five quarterback in the Big Ten. And I think that's where he was getting placed at, too, after that year. Now, do I think he's done anything to maintain that level? No, but I also don't think he's done anything to knock himself down a peg. Um, he's just been neutral. And to me, he's kind of forgotten about. He's going to make some big plays when they need him to because he has, and he has over and over again. But there are going to be times where he doesn't come through for whatever reason. There is still a monkey on his back. Hence the Adrian Martinez paradox. So I, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to say he's still a top, top eight quarterback in the conference. I'm still leaning top five, actually. Um, it just kind of depends how things shake out for him, how, how everything shakes out with that team. Yeah. Cause there's a lot in flux right now. Um, you, you've got a lot of turnover on the offensive line and on the offensive side of the ball in general. Um, it, I, it, he's just a, to me, is a conundrum. I, I do like the way you put that, the Adrian Martinez paradox, just because I feel like it's true. We I feel like we've seen what he could be at his best, and I've seen what he can be at his worst, too. And he's somewhere in between there. I, I'm going to have him at the lower end of the Big Ten. I'd probably have him in maybe the 7-8 range, but it's just because we've seen such high highs and low lows out of him, and it hasn't been consistent at all. Yeah. And but, I I'll also be the first one to say too like I don't think the drop off from from 5 to 10 in the conference at the quarterback position is that big. Like, no, it's not like going from 1 to 
five. You know, there, and, there's and I a think, huge difference. I think, yeah, and I think the drop off from one to two is huge, even. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because um, I mean, you've got Stroud and everybody else at this point. Yeah, I, the conference hasn't had the. It's had good quarterback play, I'd say, for the last few years, but it has not had elite quarterback play. Yeah, you've got you've. I mean, SEC's done pretty pretty well with having some elite guys come out of there. Defenses have been really good as well, but yeah, it's it's hard to really say that they've had an elite guy that's really stood out like Stroud has. I think probably the last five years or so. Yeah, um, I mean Justin Fields. I mean Penn Fields State was, Fields was very guys. good. Yeah, Penn State's had some good guys at quarterback. Um, Nebraska's had some stat stuffers at quarterback, even going back. To Tommy, yep. I just Stroud is a different animal in that conference. And then what he's got at receiver and everything else is just absolutely yeah. insane. What what they've got out there, and they just keep restocking the cupboard. Out yeah, there. I, and obviously situations make a huge difference. I you know I think situation. I've said it a hundred times. Situation is part of Adrian's problem here. Um and. He, he had his faults without a doubt. But, I yes, C.J. Stroud's situation is significantly better, which allows him to showcase his elite talent even more. Yep. Well, you know. I think Petras is probably a better quarterback at Penn State than he is at Iowa. Yeah, I, I get it. I mean, you're putting your surrounding cast into effect at that point it, in coaching and different things like that. I, I'll agree with you. There's some obvious differences and advantages. Um, so, Getting back to the offense side of the ball, you've got Tanner Morgan, you've got Ottman Bell, you've got Mitchell uh, Schmitz, who's the center, who's pretty much one of the only returners there, and then you've got Mo Ibram. Now, Ibram, can he come back healthy? Because as, as a running back, and you need that explosiveness, uh, snapping an Achilles is, is not an easy one to bounce back from. And his backups, right. Potts and Bryce Williams, all missed the, the last season. And then their backups transferred out. Yeah. That's a lot going on in one room. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, well, number one, do you think Ibram can rebound to what he was or a fraction of what he was? Yeah, I, I think he can. And I, I think they also know that he can't be nearly the same workhorse that he was. Um. So I, I think even if their their backups aren't as good, they're still going to get force-fed carries. Yeah, as and- much as I don't like PJ, I think he does have that kid's best interest at heart, and he wants him to be as healthy as possible throughout the whole season, not only for the team, but for that kid's future in the NFL. Well, and that, and that was one of the things that I was kind of upset with, that he came back for his senior season, not because – he's he was coming to a, a rival team obviously he's going to a rival team but he's a phenomenal player who i feel like would have gotten paid last year if he made it you know if he would have decided to go to the league instead of coming back yeah um i and we've seen what he did uh week one against ohio state i mean it granted they weren't the ohio state defense we all know and fear but the kids still put up 100 plus yards in three quarters i mean yep. outrace dbs to the end zone i mean it was impressive what he did I really hope he can come back because he's just a phenomenal player to watch. Yeah, no, he's a, he's a great player to watch. Um, that that injury was really gruesome. It was it was tough to watch. Like, I don't know, man. It's I always hate watching the injury bug gets get anybody, especially 
those great competitors like him. He he's a warrior. Yeah, that's the thing is you got those kids that are uber competitive, and you know when they do get injured in 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 the game, and it, we all know it's part of it. It just sucks to see it because that's a kid that he did go out on a shield. I mean, he mm-hmm. couldn't have done anything else. So he single handedly had them in that game. Right. Um, going to the wide receiver core, Ottman Belder. Obviously, they've got coming back, but. Dylan Wright, he's a second year transfer from Texas AM. He's a gigantic kid. I mean, he's six foot four, 220. He's got speed where he can get vertical. He can jump. I mean, he had just shy of 400 yards last year and two touchdowns in his transfer year. That's damn impressive. I mean, Flex got a system up there and he likes big receivers. Yeah. Um, there's talent in that wide receiver room, there's absolutely talent. I don't the interesting know. thing is they've always had it in that room, it seems like. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. They they always have good receivers and they always have big body receivers. And you know, that's part of the reason they're they're dominant on their shop place. I'm interested to see how Kirk Soroka blends them in. He had a little bit more explosive wide receiver talent back in 2019 guys that could do a little bit more in space i feel like these guys don't uh, beyond ottman bell they don't look like elite playmakers with the ball they're just kind of go up and get them guys so i'm interested to see how they fit the new the new scheme yeah um because i think back then you had uh, rashad bateman who's with the uh ravens and then you had um uh, my i uh, Tyler Johnson, that's it. Tyler Johnson. And he's, and he's with the uh, Bucks because uh, I know he made some catches in Super Bowl, I believe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, you had two NFL guys there. And then Ottman Bell, who's going to be a third NFL guy, It, I think it drastically changes how they want to play that offense if they've got those elite guys at the receiver spot. I feel like that's kind of a no-brainer. But they could do so much more when they have those guys out there. Yeah, and there, there's there's talent in that wide receiver room that we're not even very familiar with, uh, just because they do a good job of getting it. But not only that, they do, they develop so well. They're one of the best developers in the conference, um, and yeah, I won't argue that ever. I'll never argue against that. No, and then and I mean, you brought up a great question yesterday. You know, back in seventeen, it was was PJ Fleck a guy would I have been happy about or disappointed about if, if, you know, the whole frosting didn't come to fruition. And I said, no, I'm not a fleck guy. That doesn't mean I don't respect what he's done. He's done some phenomenal things since he's been at Minnesota. He has turned that program into really, they're kind of a sleeping giant with the guys that they get in. They don't get highly talented guys or they, you know, touted guys, um, but they get everything out of them. Mm Mm-hmm. It seems like they milk the roster for everything that's worth, which is pretty damn impressive. Um, as far as an offense goes, do you, where would you put them this this upcoming year with what they've got coming back? Potentially, where do you see that offense sitting? You know, I could see them as a top five offense in that country, uh, in the, in that conference. Not, yeah, sorry, not the country. Um, yeah, I could see I it think, too. I think we're gonna have two top 10 offenses in the country out of that conference. Um, But I don't think our three and four are going to be top 10. I don't think five is going to be top 10. Uh, We're just not a 
a big time offensive conference right now. I think we're going to have a couple of really explosive offenses this year that are going to churn up yards. But yeah, I think I think they'll be a top top five offense in the conference. Yeah, um, yeah, I think they can uh, they can do some impressive things. It's just I think a lot of it's injuries and can they bounce back and can that system take effect like they need it to to uh, be able to do what they need to do um, defensively. Flat ass, they were elite last year. When you're top ten in scoring and yardage. Um, that's that is on line or on par with with uh, Wisconsin, right? I mean, that's your rival, but you built defense that beat the hell out of them last year. Yeah, um, I that's the, that was kind of for me the weak point for for them is they they can put up the offensive side of the ball, but defensively they just they struggle, you know, or they should. Um, but Rossi, what he's doing up there is shit. It's impressive. I mean it rivals that 19 year when they had Winfield and those guys back there. Mm-hmm. Damn, damn good. Um, no, they do lose four guys on that defense, four starters. And then their defensive line gets hit hard out of the eight guys. who got a lot of snaps last year. They, they lose six of them. Yeah. I mean, you're losing a shit ton of experience in that room. Um, even with transfers, what's 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 your read on that is that something that you can come back from losing that many dudes i mean we're gonna see not only minnesota try to do it but nebraska this year man so that defense is gonna be good they're gonna be good i don't think they're gonna be nearly as elite as elite as they were last year you know they're top two in the conference in yards top top four and points scored that defense was like you said elite i don't i don't see how they remain that that level now can that offense do enough to help cover up some of that i think so so i think they're still gonna have some decent statistical numbers but i'm not they're not gonna have the same eye test to me yeah, um, I, I think if your offense can just be a little bit more balanced and keep defenses a little bit more honest, then that, that'll that help your own defenses by keeping you on the field a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'll be honest, I didn't realize that they were as good as they were until I really looked into them just because they're not a flashy defense. Yeah. But, damn, they are just – they're solid at everything. Yeah, they just, you know – they're a brick wall. Yeah. They don't, they, they're not even a bend, don't break. They're like, we're stopping it here. Yep. And, and, and that's, um, it, it almost reminds me of like an Iowa defense where it's like, yeah, when, when they have those elite years, they just, you don't move them. They just, they're there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's your typical Big Ten defense, which, you know, Nebraska is going to see a lot of, I think, really improved defenses this year, um, on, on the, on the schedule. So, um, yeah, I'm, and, and, you know, they lose their, their best tack or their leading tackler and one of their top corners and they replace them with a freshman all American. Yeah. Like, I mean, they're not, they're not devoid of talent. You, you've said that they're, they're going to be good. I, but I don't think there's any way for them to be elite like that again, just because continuity goes, goes into that a lot. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, you're, you're right. I, I think those guys that had a lot of experience playing together and you've got four new guys out there, which is damn near 30% of your defense. That's, that's tough. Um, I don't know. It's, it just seems like Fleck has fit rolling right up there. And that pisses me off. I, I hate seeing it because it's PJ Fleck. Yeah, no, I mean, I, th- I think Nebraska gets them this year. I just have a feeling that, you know, we all, we've played them tough last year. Um, we know what happened in 2020. There, there's a little bit of a rivalry there to me more, more than Iowa. Even like I get more hyped about this game than I do Iowa. Maybe it's because at this point, this game is still can make a difference in the season for us. I don't know the last few years that it, it's been maybe a little bit of that. I'm, I'm excited for this game. I think Nebraska is excited. I think the, the team's going to be super excited. I, I think we go get this one finally. Yeah, this seems like a game the last few years that, and I think PJ Fleck has taken a lot of um, pride in this. It almost seems like they've broken Nebraska a couple of times, and it's it's been hard to watch. Where, you know, a few of them, you, you just see them almost mentally check out. Yeah, we have Sweatshirt Gate. We have. Yep, that's what I was thinking of. COVID year when all they were like down half their scholarship players. Yeah, uh, God, it's it's hard go, going through these games and having to relive those. I mean, the the sweatshirt one I think might be the worst, just because I don't. It didn't make sense um, making a big deal of sweatshirts, and I I, I didn't fucking get it. <laughs> it's the easiest way to put it, but yeah. it's, it seems like every once in a while there's um, weird things that get singled out by the by the team or by the coaches i guess um you know special teams wise um this is an kind of interesting thing they 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 sucked um they were really bad um kicker uh i think it was matthew trickett is his name made 68 percent of his kicks which is almost nice but uh not quite punter 41.7 yards and then they were 60th in the country and 119th uh, or 60th in the country on punt return 119th and kickoff return and the new guys uh beanie bishop and ryan stab two transfers um are supposed to help them out quite a bit on special teams so i would be a guessing um you're going to get an infusion of speed so it's going to bounce it's it's it can't get much worse um and and kickoff return Nebraska was there a few years back when all they did was down it. So um, get an explosive guy back there and, and let him be explosive, right? I mean, we don't have to make it any cuter than that. Let's just put a guy out there and let him make plays. Yeah, but you got to have a scheme back there too, right? Like we've seen what it looks like when when it's just kind of a free-for-all, which is what we've had the last two years for Nebraska. <laughs> Their special team is bad, but their special teams were not game changers for them. What I mean is I can't really think of any special teams gaffes that really cost them a game, and I think PJ is okay with that. 
So you you think he's to the uh, mindset of, hey, you could be there, just don't don't screw us over and don't lose us games. Yes. I mean that's if yeah, um, you don't want to win or lose the games on special teams ideally, but yeah, as long as they don't screw you over, then you I, I you think love to win spot. the game on special teams. You just don't want to lose it. And that's the difference between good teams and elite teams. He knows he's not elite yet, right? Like, elite teams will go make a play on special teams to win. Good teams just won't let it beat them. That's a good way of putting it. Well, I'll be interested to see what uh, what we see this year. Uh, did you get a chance to look at schedule on them? Uh, I have it pulled up here. It's it's an interesting schedule. Um, it sets up for them to go really they could go on a run. Um, I think they're, you know, three and O going into Michigan state and that's at Michigan state, which that's a tough game. And Mel Tucker, Mel Tucker's got something going up there in Michigan. It's really interesting. Um, I, I, def- I agree with you. I think they're three and O, but I'm also not shocked if they blow it in one of those first two. I, I I think they wiped the floor with Colorado, but even in 2019 they struggled with their home opener. Um, and let me pull it up real quick. I think it was 2019. That's interesting. Colorado. Oh, I I just any chance Colorado gets to get blown out. I really hope it happens, but I don't know if I want Minnesota to do it. So yeah, it's been between a rock and a hard place. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. So in 2019, it was South South Dakota. They they ran in game one, they blew Georgia tech out 34, 10, but game two, they, they had to make a couple of plays late to beat South Dakota state at home, 28, 21. And then game three, they struggled with Fresno State as well and Georgia Southern game four. And that's a top 10 Minnesota team, by the way. Yep, I remember that now. I do remember watching that at a sports bar around here and and, uh, being disappointed that they came back. So, yeah. So um, that Minnesota team in 2019, they were what Nebraska could have been last year if a couple of things had gone their way. I mean, seriously, listen to this. Seven-point win at South Dakota State, three at Fresno State, three against Georgia Southern, seven against Purdue, three against Illinois. Then they waxed Nebraska 34-10, to 10, and they, they really start to open it up there and, and win big. But there was a couple of games early that if they would have lost, changes their schedule. Season. Yeah, and same thing for us last year. We win a couple of those. You have no idea what happens, what kind of run we go on. To uh, still a line from Michael Scott, you have no idea how high it can fly, I think is the uh, – was should be the line for last year because <laughs> none of us knew. Um, so you've got to beat Michigan State or losing at Michigan State? Today I have them – I have them winning. Okay. I got them losing at Michigan state just cause it's at Michigan state. And I think Tucker is going to have those, you know, fans pretty rowdy. Um, I, I, I think, just, I, think I don't think Michigan game. state runs it back though. Really? Okay. I mean, that would be a big indicator on 
how you think that game's going to go. So, and I, I, th- I do think this year is the year Minnesota makes the jump from being on the cusp of contending to being an actual contender. I think that I think they're a contender for the Big Ten West this year, legitimately. Oh, wow. Not not just a top three, top four team in the West. I think they're a legitimate contender. They're going to be in the conversation late. I mean, the schedule sets up for them to be right there. Um, let's see. So I'm guessing Purdue and Illinois, you got them taking both those? Yep. I have them losing at Penn State. Okay. I have them getting Rutgers at home. Okay. I have them losing at Nebraska. And then I have them winning it, getting Northwestern and Iowa. And the Wisconsin's my toss up game. So you and, got them anywhere from eight and four to nine and three right now. Yeah. Um, and there's there, my two X factors in that game are the two starting running backs. So I think if Ibrahim's healthy, Minnesota has a legit shot. I think if our 17-year-old freshman is is healthy, they they have a legit shot to kind of run away with it even. Yeah, shit. That's that's a really good point. I, I think it may come down to that game for them um to be in, in contention. Shit. I mean, their floor is really high this year. It I, should I, be in theory. There's there's a couple of years where I've thought their floor is high, and it is not high. Yeah, I think if if well, it's like anything else. If everything clicks, man, this this team 10, 11 wins, but I think the floor is seven. I mean, yeah, I guess seven to ten is is probably where I where I got to put them this year. Yeah. I could see losing six, but I could all see them fucking winning ten. <laughs> it's they're they're good. Um, they've got good players. Fleck is 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 a good coach, as much as that sucks to say. And he's got great coordinators underneath him. Um, and when he, I said they stumble early, I didn't I didn't mean they were going to lose to Western Illinois or New Mexico State. I think they stumble and win it close. Yeah, they and, may not be clicking. Yeah, I, I think they're going to ramp up and we're going to see the real them at Michigan State. Yeah, I, I do think they get really lucky this year with, and I shouldn't say lucky, but, you know, you avoid Michigan and Ohio State this year. That's that that's good luck um, yeah. with, with all that they've got coming back. I think it lines up for a, a you could have another 19-type season again where yeah. they just blow expectations out of the water. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, the writing's on the wall. It's all there for them to do so. Yeah, um, it, it really is. I, I'm going to be interested to see what they do. I've got a question for you as far as P.J. Fleck goes. Do you see him going anywhere, or do you think he is the the uh, Joe Paterno of Minnesota football, the Tom Osborne of Nebraska football, just that guy that's there for the next 15 to 20 years? No, I, I don't see him as a fifteen to twenty year guy. Do you think? I, I think he's a, a, I think he's a ten year guy, and he's okay. closing in on that ten. You think uh, there's a, a? So honestly, I thought a school like USC would have been a good fit for him because he's a guy that's fully bought in. That 
you know, Minnesota is not the the number one um, sports attraction in that state. Neither is USC. Um, the fans over there, I think, are a little quirky. So I feel like PJ Fleck would have been a really good fit for USC, and I honestly thought they were going to snag him. Yeah, I can see a USC. I can even see a UCLA. Um, I just know, don't think you can go to like a tradition-rich school and expect it to work out. Yeah, and you know, I hate to say it, but like if something ever happened and Leach left Mississippi State, I could see him end up there. I could see him end up at a school like Ogie State if Gundy ever retires, where where there's already character coaches. Yeah, you can't take a fleck from Minnesota to an Alabama. I mean, I feel like that fan base would, would eat that stick up alive. Yeah. Um, I also don't know if he could win at the clip. That's I mean, there's no one that can win at the slip clip that Saban does. But, um, yeah, I just – he's just an interesting guy that I'm – that's what I keep going back to is I don't know if he's going to be there long-term, but every time I think he's going to take a job and leave, he re-signs a deal. Yeah. I, I don't know the right way to say it, but I, I think because he's at least at the power five level, I, I think there's two things. I don't think he's stupid. Right. So I think right now, before he does anything, he, I, I think he had the forethought to, See how realignment shakes out. I think that I think that plays a big factor um, in his decision making right now, more than than people would care to realize. So yeah, no, it'll be interesting. I could also see him at a place like Arizona State, a big party school, where you know he would buy into a way to make the fans, the students, come to games, make it a party atmosphere. Um, yeah, uh, Arizona State, I think, would be a good one for him, too. Um, you know, if he could take that style that he's got going on right now at, at the Big Ten level and take that over to the Pac-10, um, he could have something similar to kind of what Stanford's got going on, you know what I mean, where you've got that big bruising offensive line, the big running backs, yeah, play-action game, and, you know, just enough to keep them honest. Yeah, for sure. He could – any, like, you know – Maybe he, he when realignment's done, he doesn't want to be at a school in one of these super conferences. So maybe he goes to like a, a Boise State on on like the second tier and and just makes them a juggernaut. Cause he seems like somebody that might enjoy that more too. Yeah, I almost I, I just I don't see him going pro. Um he just never doesn't strike me as a a future pro coach. Um I, I would really be curious if sec would be in his future at all um one of the higher schools like maybe a a a tennessee or maybe even a kentucky down the line i i don't know um i don't i don't put minnesota on the top of the top i don't think that's a shock to anybody um but pj fleck is making a desirable location for coaches um they've had a lot of trouble recruiting lately what's that He's showing you can win there. Yeah, there you go. Um, you know, recruiting this year is not great for him. Um, seemingly to have some troubles up there, but that is what it is. Um, as far as – oh, sorry, got distracted there for a second. As far as um, – how do I want to put this? I'm trying to think the best way to put this. So with his coordinators, 
he's now got experience with offensive and defensive coordinators. Do you think they get plucked after this year, especially that defensive coordinator, similar to like a uh, Jim Leonard at Wisconsin, or do you think he sticks around a year, another year? I think it depends how good their season is. Let's say that defense is another top 20 defense. But I mean, I think to me, it means more about the whole team. I think for whatever reason, there's something special between those coaches and they want to be there for each other. So I think if they end up in like a 10 and two situation where those two losses are the big 10 championship and, you know, at Nebraska or against Iowa or at Wisconsin in a very close game, it's going to be a, have to be a hell of a job to pull those guys thinking that they're on the doorstep of of t- being considered an elite team in the conference. Yeah, that's a good way. Uh, I, I didn't didn't even think about that, but it does seem like Fleck builds a bond with these guys, and um, unless he runs them off, uh, they seem to stick around for some time. Yeah, but he has a, a a knack for running guys off. Um, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be interested to see what this what they do this year, what Fleck does, um, and yeah, um, I'll, I'll be interested, I, especially with all the injuries and everything they got going on. Really want to see how that bounces back. I think spring's gonna be huge for them, or I'm um, sorry, summer. Summer is yeah. gonna be huge for them in so fall camp. Where where do you have them this year? I'm going to say, shit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say. I think I got Minnesota winning eight this year. Eight. Okay. I think I've got them winning eight. I that's, have, that's right I have now. Nine, I believe. Yeah, I just I can't disrespect them and say less. Um, and until I see what they look like on the field, um, I'll reserve right to change that and say. Yeah, I know they were going to go five and seven. Nothing would feel better than to be right at five and seven, but I don't see that happening this year. No, I don't either. I mean, unless unless something catastrophic happens, which you know can always happen too. But you know, we thought Ibrahim's injury last year was catastrophic, and it wasn't. So, yeah, that's true. And then you had the two running backs behind, and which was just the most insane thing. You had three starting caliber running backs all go down season in season ending injuries. And then their backups transfer out. Yeah. Uh, I've never heard anything like that. Crazy to me, but um, I I don't think I got anything else for uh, Minnesota, bud. What what about you? No, I'm good. I, it'll be interesting to see. I have met nine and three. You have met eight and four. Um, We should have got Fitz's number so we could put him on the hook, but well, he doesn't I, work here anymore, so. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I, I think they're, I think they're going to have a good year. I, I think it's going to be a three-team race for the Big Ten West I, with them, Nebraska, and uh, Wisconsin. Those are, those are my three teams for the, for the West. So I, and you didn't get to do a breakdown on Iowa because uh, I think you had to miss that one. Yeah. What's uh? What are your feelings? Well, since I got you, what are your feelings on Iowa this year? You can give me a five minute spiel, or you can give me a thirty second spiel. I don't. Yeah, I don't care. I, Just... I don't think their defense is going to be nearly as elite. It's going to be good. I don't think their their defense is going to set them up for easy scores as frequently. I think they they lose a little bit in the turnover game, 
Um, I have Iowa hanging out at seven and five, eight and four. Um, I think they still have a pretty good year, but I think they lose to, you know, the other three that are going to be in contention for the Big Ten West. So you're thinking they lose Nebraska, Wisconsin, Minnesota? Yeah. Yeah, if you're losing those three, I don't think you got a shot in hell at, at winning it at that point. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm I just really high one. on Whipple. Are that, you? Okay. That, that's where it is. You know, he's th- he was uh, just ranked top five in the country, mm-hmm. right? So just a little bit more Kool Aid. Uh, that must be what you're drinking in that cup. Um, yeah, a little yeah. bit more Kool Aid for everyone else to sip on. Um, yeah, I. I, I was kind of wondering what you thought about Iowa. I, I'm I'm really high on Iowa this year, but I I just need fall to get here so I can really lower expectations on all these other teams. So here here's the reason why I'm not high on Iowa. Um, over and over again, you know, when they have their great season, and I throw Wisconsin in the same basket. And the writing is on the wall for them to repeat that. For whatever reason, it just hasn't happened historically. So I'm I'm kind of buying into the trend, uh, buying into trends. And I just think I think they have a tougher schedule when it comes to conference, especially at you know when they're playing who, where they're playing them, and how it's all going to shake out. I, I think. I was good. They're just going to be a victim of some unfortunate circumstances. Yeah. Um, it'll be nice for it to happen to them for once instead of watching it happen to our team every week. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking up their football schedule really quickly. So I can it's, throw- it's another one that uh, you could see them doing, going on a run and, and, and doing really well. I think if that quarterback situation is settled, but, what are you getting there? You, you you really don't know. So, I mean, I think they they lose to Michigan. They lose at Ohio State. I think Purdue gets them. I think Wisconsin gets them. Then they're at Minnesota. And so if they lose those, those three games in a row, like I think, and I think Wisconsin and Minnesota are going to be bloodbaths, they're going to come limping into Lincoln. I think this is the year Lincoln gets Iowa too. And that's how I get to that, that eight and four, seven and five, but losing to the, to the tough ones. Okay. Well, shit. I, I'm not going to fight you on that. Um, I think I, I'm, I must be a little higher than you guys are on them, but that's, that's okay. I'm used to being a little higher than you guys. Uh, <laughs> anyway, on that note, Drake, anything else, my man? I'm good, brother. You have a great night. Yep, you too. Just a reminder for everybody, on Tuesday we have the uh, Coach Wes Fleming on with us. So um, if anyone has any questions or anything like that for Coach, uh, shoot them our way. We will be sure to get them on here. Um, For Zach, for Drake, Fitz couldn't be with us tonight. Uh, Thanks for joining us, everybody. Take care. Have a good rest of your night, and we'll talk to you later. Members of the congregation. Let's raise our Kool-Aid-filled glasses and drink to all the things that were, are, and forever will be Nebraska Cornhuskers. Go Big Red.